Greetings, Lorewalks. It's August 21st and 22nd, 2016. You're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 36, and this week we're in the home stretch of our exotics episodes. Uh, we're going to start this one kicking off uh, three shows talking about exotic armor. But this one is going to focus on the exotic armor of the Warlocks. So we're going to cover all the exotic armor, both in-game currently, uh, like we do with weapons, uh, and maybe even some that we've heard about that never made it into the game. Who's with us this week? It's uh, me, as per usual, ex-wife X-Ray. <laughs> hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, Raise your hand if you're sure, Bert Pop. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Yep. <laughs> I had to be, I have that explained to me because uh, I'm not an American. I don't have those ads, but that's okay. It's a good name regardless. <laughs> you don't use deodorant in Australia? No, not at all. No. <laughs> we, we do. We just don't have that particular, obviously. Oh, Which is funny. What, what does and doesn't make it here? Like we have the... Uh, uh, why not both <laughs> ad with the the Mexican yeah, AKA one, the greatest ad ever created? <laughs> yeah, but we don't have the the deodorant one. Oh, it's hmm. funny just noticing what made it and what didn't. You don't have a Statue here. of Liberty in, in Australia. I don't think so. <laughs> At least not one the same size. If we do, it's probably very small, and I've never seen it. Well, we have in, a giant sheep in and all a giant f- banana in all fam- <laughs> banana. And a giant prawn, I think. <laughs> yes. Hmm. These uh, are true. Australia's great. Well, as far as deodorant goes, in all fairness, those commercials were from the 80s, I think, so probably well before you were born. Yeah, I'm I'm not from the 80s, yeah, so oh, we that's know. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our other guy is Dr. Octagon Slash. That Dr. OP Slash thing has stuck. I've heard it so many times <laughs> when playing. <laughs> That now I'm I'm resigning myself to being a doctor. Sounds as long good. as I'm gonna be a doctor, why not be Doctor Octagon? Might as well. Um, <laughs> um, what have you been up to? What's going on? Not much. Uh, getting these show notes together with some debates over whether we should do categories of exotics, like cover all helmets and body armor, or if we should break them up by class. And we decided on class. So plugging away at these show notes. Uh, Still playing a lot of Diablo 3, which is sort of soothing my need. Because right now in Destiny, I'm sort of at the end of my item management. <laughs> like everything is pretty much perfect right now. It's just like topping off a few more of my faction reps and getting ready for the whole switchover, completing bounties and right. having them ready. So I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3 just to soothe my must get 50 bajillions of loots and then meticulously categorize <laughs> and sort through them. <laughs> It's a fun game. It's it's a it's a good game. So one thing that bothers me about it though is that so I rolled a monk first, and because I come from a Final Fantasy background, I'm used to monks being limited in the kinds of weapons they can use. Uh, but it appears that in Diablo, you can just sort of use whatever the hell you want. Like I have a monk that was running around for a while with a sword and an axe. <laughs> And I'm like, shouldn't I only be allowed to use hand-to-hand and staves? Because that's what monks use, but apparently not in Diablo. Well, there's there's some some weapons. Well, yeah, you can't use like use, crossbows but... and stuff like that. But right, right. 
But yeah, you can definitely tear it up with some axes and swords. I've been trying to find a good hand-to-hand build, uh, but it seems that staves and polearm-style weapons, almost like a samurai more than a monk, uh, are just ridiculous. I have one now that has double attack speed, even though it's a two-handed weapon. So with the other monk bonuses, you can attack so fast that the animation glitches out and you're just like a a (laughs) whirling dervish of missing frames. It's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep. That's always fun. Uh, I haven't been doing too much. Um, just some Iron Banner this week, a little bit. Uh, oh, that's right. Did get to, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I did get to play with some people I haven't played with in a long time, and and just some other some listeners inviting me in, and and that's always always fun. And I still, if if I play with you, if you're a listener and you invite me in and I play, don't be all starstruck because i'm nobody i'm not a i'm not i keep oh my gosh x-rays here and it's like no don't do that it makes me feel weird because i don't see myself like that but i love playing with everybody so it's, it was definitely fun it was a great week um that's it i haven't really done much yeah, else i did i did just, iron banner on my titan to three just to get the body armor because it's a really high roll but other than that nope. yeah. yeah i actually didn't do iron banner at all this week which normally i would but i just didn't been doing lots of patrols and and then you called me out last week for playing Minecraft <laughs> and then I said I was going to make Galahorn in Minecraft it? Did you do it? and that no but here's the Uh-oh. thing uh, I'm in survival Minecraft oh. so I've planned it out and spent a week gathering the things to make it <laughs> so <laughs> I'm almost there getting all oh, the things awesome. so many sheep to die <laughs> so much wool to share well I mean Wolf's so on sheep. I'm That's almost there, and I will build. I will build a Galahorn, and I will show. I will show Twitter and yes. the flag. <laughs> I cannot wait. Hooray. <laughs> but it's it's I uh, under, not underestimated. I overestimated my abilities <laughs> into making <laughs> this. Uh, so it's taken me a week to gather things. I'll get Oof. there because I want to keep playing Destiny too. I don't want to just Minecraft all the time. So, well, we are ghost stories and. You can email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at dghoststories. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can look up ghost stories and find us there. And I've been a little more active on the Facebook side, so if you are on Facebook and want to follow us, then feel free, and I'll interact with you as much as I can. Um, our I mentioned this the past couple episodes about our iTunes ratings and reviews, and we, uh, man, after the Gallahorn episode we got a lot a lot of ratings and a, quite a few more reviews so we broke a hundred reviews which is pretty nice. amazing uh, and like I said I think that's a milestone so I'm toying with the idea of, of getting those back out to our listeners in some form or fashion so everyone can have access to them without going through iTunes and and reading them maybe so, you should you should we'll write see. reviews of all the people in our slack chat Ooh, ooh. Wait, all the oh. people in the Slack Yeah, have chat? X-Ray review them. <laughs> I'll How many people is that again? A lot. That's a 500, lot. 500, oh. 505. <laughs> Something like that. Maybe I'll just, yeah. maybe I'll review the reviews ooh, from iTunes. Ooh, I like that idea, that would too. Be, that would be good. Give some feedback on reviews. Speaking of our Slack hmm. chat, we were going crazy this week. We had the big private matches reveal. Uh 
and it's funny when you're in a lore slack like ours you know the immediate reaction is we can finally explore so <laughs> yeah. the exploration team we're already putting groups together to to go into all the crucible maps and ex- like really comb through them and explore every little bit of them using the private match feature can't wait for that yeah crucible radios over there planning this huge tournament and and all these challenges and stuff and and we're like forming yeah. exploration teams <laughs> it's, it's great it's such a such a, an amazing contrast but still just fun yeah, to, to like- see they're picking teams for the sport games at lunch and we're here organizing the book club. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the difference. Like, yes, Lord. But it's amazing. Like, it's really awesome. It's and you know, some great. people like to rag on Destiny still, but it's amazing. Like, those are two completely divergent branches of fans who are super excited about the same thing in a single game. Like, that's really a testament to, yeah. to what Destiny can provide when things are done right. I keep, he- I, I keep hearing that, I mean, people are... If you noticed in our Slack chat, a lot of people who haven't been active in there for a while have slowly started, you know, drifting back in and saying, hey, I'm back. What's going on? I can't wait for the new stuff to drop. So people are coming back to the game because of of Rise of Iron. And uh, there's a lot of people that have left the game but still listen to us. And have told us that they're like, oh my gosh, you can't, you know, we're exci- I'm excited about coming back to the game, but you guys are just making it even, even more fun, nice. and, and we can't wait. Or people that have said we didn't leave the game because of you, you know, we don't have anything to do, but because of your podcast and some of the stuff, I started. Someone said they started using uh, uh, Thunderlord after we <laughs> talked about it so hardcore. And like, oh man, I went into Crucible with my Thunderlord. It was it's amazing. Mean. I'm like. Yeah, they didn't. They had no clue, and so hearing stuff like that's just just perfect. So um, let's jump to our announcements and thanks. And you've got a correction, I believe. So go ahead. Yeah, I mentioned in the Gallerhorn episode, based on the information that I had, that Gallerhorn would be immediately available if you pre-ordered it. Uh, That has since been clarified by Deej that Gallarhorn will not be immediately available at the start of Rise of Iron, even if you pre-ordered. Uh, it'll be in your mailbox after you finish the in-game quest. So, there you have it. That's that's awesome. Um, speaking of Gallarhorns, we're still getting a ton of stories, yes. right? Yes, we are. We we get these emails, and they, they almost all start with, oh, I know you already did your episode, <laughs> but I still wanted to share my story with you. So we're toying them around, I guess, with the part yeah. two if we have to. Why not? Yeah. Be, I've had yeah, we've gotten not? messages from people who said, I heard your Gallerhorn story and it inspired me to send in my own. So there you have it. That's perfect. Uh one other thing we've got going on. So if you're a regular listener, you probably heard us talk to Seth Dickinson. During that episode about halfway through uh, we tossed in a little audio track. Uh, it was entitled The Rise of Oberon, and that was made by... Now, you you corrected me on this name. Cause Ganymede. I'm, it's a moon. But I thought it had an E instead of a Y. Nope. No. Oh. Okay. So Ganymede. <laughs> I always called him Gainmide. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think it's spelled different. No, it, I'm... <laughs> um, Ganymede, it's a moon of Jupiter. <laughs> All right. 
either way, <laughs> this guy <laughs> Galileo discovered. We, we threw in, we threw in, we threw in a track of his and talked about it a little bit. Apparently, someone heard it and really liked it, and it actually helped pull him into a record deal. And from that, there's a, a three-track EP uh, now available on Amazon for purchase, and I think it's also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play. Um, but this also led to him booking some live shows and appearances, uh, which is is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just That's awesome. It's amazing. Um, awesome. But I'm looking here because he sent me some other information. Uh, there's actually uh, one called, uh, or the the the. It's entitled "Echoes Over Orange Mountain." It's about 22 minutes, um, around about. Uh, three dollars or something like that on Amazon. Uh, so, go check it out if you like that, and, and pick it up if you want to help support uh, support him and and some of his music. And it's I'm gonna be headed over there very soon. I just got this this link from him today. Um, but there's a specific track on there that he's really trying to promote. It's called Morning Fire. So maybe we'll sneak in a little little excerpt from that uh later on in this episode so keep an ear out for it if we if we have time so um that's that's about it nice. for for that let's get into oh, these exotics I put, I what do we got Cosmo- oh cause god how would you even say it? well no his name's not cosmology though it's cosmology i said cosmo oh. cosmology oh, there you go <laughs> cosmology Sharp's got the pronunciation down so Good there job. sorry for mispronouncing your name i forgot the lol in the middle there Lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we jump into Warlock Exotics, let's talk about another new one that was revealed to us. Because uh, it should have been in the Heavies episode right after Thunderlord. So this is our first look at the Nemesis Star. Just a heavy machine gun. Uh, and the flavor text is, What is the answer when the question is extinction? Uh, we don't know a lot about it. It looks and fine. Where what are we rated this podcast? It's been described as a submarine with balls, but <laughs> there, there it is. Good enough. Uh, if you don't understand what we mean, go look at a picture of it, and then you will understand. Everyone was thinking it. Uh, it has two exotic perks that we can see. The first is just the Nadir logo, uh, which is the foundry for this weapon. The second is the Nadir logo over the rangefinder symbol. Again, we don't know quite what that is. Uh, but we do know some other perks. We know it's solar damage. And it rolls with accurized ballistics, field choke, and linear compensator, spray and play. And then perfect balance, field scout, or flared magwell. Then the exotic perk. Uh, and the new tree here is ornaments, which can be applied to weapons and armor now. Uh, in Nemesis Star's case, the two that it can roll with are Meteorite and Silver Bullet. Uh, and that Meteorite is probably a reference to the Nemesis theory for where we believe this gun gets its name. And then Silver Bullet, I don't really know. I mean, other than the Silver Bullet won't slow you down. Gabble would get that joke. <laughs> Never fills you up. <laughs> I got that there joke. You go. <clears throat> so interestingly, 
uh, Nemesis Star probably gets its name from the Nemesis Theory, and we're also going to talk about that when we talk about Light Beyond Nemesis. So we're not going to go into a lot of detail about that since we're going to cover it in a few minutes. Uh, but the quick breakdown uh, for later is that the Nemesis Theory was that there was a theoretical star that was paired with our sun uh, and it orbited our sun more than a light year away outside what is called the Oort cloud. And the Oort cloud really is just like this giant spherical shell of ice objects and rocks and stuff that is on the outmost reaches of our solar system. So, and the theory proposed that every 26 million years, its orbit would pass near the Oort cloud, so its gravity would disturb a bunch of debris, and because it was tied to our sun, it would then hurl that debris into our solar system towards Earth, and that caused mass extinction events. Uh, It has since been proven untrue, (laughs) but the the theory persists. Uh, So that could go back to that flavor text... uh, and which is not necessarily how do we stop extinction, but what causes it. Uh, so the Nemesis star causes it. So we'll talk about that below with Light Beyond Nemesis. But keep that theory in mind that there's this sort of like other sun, the very, very, very outer edge of our solar system that occasionally lines up and flings debris into our solar system. <clears throat> uh Foundry's Nadir, we know that. This is the first major gun we get from this foundry. Uh, there have been others. And they all sort of have astronomical or scientific terminology in their names, so Nemesis Theory fits. Uh, but some other guns from Nadir are the Painted Apollo ESC, the Painted Neptune MSC, the Silvered Continuum, and the Black Chasma. And all those terms are, are uh, sort of astronomical in nature uh a chasma is like a huge planetary depression continuum space-time continuum uh most likely neptune the planet uh and the apollo space program so also apollo is also a crater on the far side of the moon uh it's also an asteroid so not uncommon uh and then I'll mention Nemesis here, but we'll talk about it when we talk about light beyond Nemesis. Uh, in ancient Greek, uh, Nemesis uh, lived... Oh, I put this here because Nemesis, the uh, god, or the goddess, uh, lived north of Marathon. And we've talked about Marathon many times in the past. Uh, but was the spirit of divine retribution uh, against those who succumb to hubris, against uh, arrogance before the gods. Uh, also meaning inescapable. Uh, and I mentioned that also because Nemesis could be translated into the inescapable, which make, would make the name of this gun the inescapable star. And if that has anything to do with Rangefinder, you know, we've talked before about how there have been Golden Age smart bullets on HMG with tracking bullets, maybe? Pure speculation based on the name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't not Maybe? yeah, shrug, shrug, shrug emoji, uh, which would be totally broken but hilarious at the same time. But yeah, that's uh, that's Nemesis Star. That's another exotic that we're looking at 
coming into Rise of Iron. Heavy machine guns. Very cool. So, let's get into these... Let's get into armor. Current. Yeah, armor. We're going to talk helmets first. And... Because there's a couple of really big ones here. uh, And then I'm not going to make any comments about boots. Poor warlocks. (laughs) Poor warlocks. Okay. Sad emoji. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Single (laughs) tear. (laughs) So... Uh, you do you have a warlock character at all, X-ray? I Ooh, do. All right, and then yes, I've got all three. And then you have a baby warlock, Sherb. Oh no, she's not a baby. She's just unlocked. <laughs> There's a difference. Like she's level forty. She's over almost three twenty light. She's just. She's not unloved. She's just ignored. Well, there you go. I was gonna make the redheaded stepchild joke, but. I won't. She's blue. <laughs> Blue-haired stepchild. Uh, she has no hair. She's an exo. Oh, there you go. Oh, so it's, liter- the metaphor it's doesn't literally work. blue-headed. Hmm. Yes, literally blue. And the shader I use is double banshee, so oh, everything is man. blue. It doesn't look bad on a warlock. So much blue. That's a lot of blue. So what's this first okay. one? Apotheosis Veil. Uh flavor text reads most helmets protect the mind from the universe not this one so for armor we're going to talk about year one and year two perks because across year one and year two they change sometimes Uh, in this case the perk is called private reserves but in year one it only immediately regenerated your health when you activated your super in year two, private reserves was upgraded and immediately regenerates health, melee, and grenade energy when activating your super. Uh, it is worth noting, though, that in year two, this does not stack with transcendence, which means that if you have, uh, if you do not have a melee or grenade charged when you activate storm call, even if you're wearing apotheosis veil, you will not trigger transcendence because the game checks for transcendence first and checks for grenades and melee first and they don't get refilled until after your super is activated so which is unfortunate because if the reverse was true this would be the most op helmet for storm callers (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah uh in year one this always rolled with serpent's tail and infusion uh serpent's tail uh, causing damage with your melee reduces your grenade cooldown and infusion is replenish health each time you pick up an orb of light. In year two, exotics were sort of retooled, and the exotic perk was moved to an always unlocked node. And then the other perks changed. Uh, they pull now from a pool of perks that are possible to roll on whatever slot the armor is for. Uh, and the stats were switched up a little bit. So in year two, Apotheosis Veil will always roll with intelligence. Uh, you cannot get a discipline strength build on Apotheosis Veil. Which makes sense. This is this exotic is designed around the use of supers. Uh, the per- Yeah, a lot of these exotics have have these like specific stat yeah. it has. Which makes sense lore wise for the exotic in that way. And as we talk about these, I'm going to mention will always roll with or will never roll with. When I say will never roll with, what I mean is that the armor 
cannot naturally have that stat. It can possess the upgrade to that stat, but it can't roll naturally. So when we get to an exotic, I'll, I'll go into more detail about that. Uh, and then others like the Veil here will always roll with a certain stat. In this case, it's intelligence. Uh, the perk symbol looks like a little solar grenade opening up, like almost like a Pokeball. Uh, so then we have Apotheosis. Apotheosis is the highest point in the development of a thing. It's the culmination or a climax, the elevation of something to divine status. Deification, almost. So this wearing, essentially wearing this makes you a god. The veil, it's the veil of the gods. Uh, this was a, seemed like a pretty underwhelming exotic uh, in year one, although it's worth mentioning again in year one, this was one of the go-to helmets for the Crota's End hard mode raid because there was no chalice of light, so you had very limited options for regenerating health. So... With the infusion perk, which gives you your health back when you pick up an orb of light, plus restoring uh, your health when you use the super, this was a pretty amazing uh, exotic for that encounter. Uh, and there was a long-standing bug in the exotic kiosk that prevented this helmet from even being retrieved, although that was fixed in patch 2.3.1.0. Uh, when my team three-manned... Uh, Crota for our moments of triumph in year one. Uh, I wore this helmet. It's kind of my go-to for Sunsinger, at least. Uh, not necessarily for Voidwalker. Uh, and that's Apotheosis Veil. A lot of people don't like the way this exotic looks. Uh, I mean, I don't hate it. It's not that bad. It's got like, it's almost like a, fen a weird fencing mask. But yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's it. again not not remarkable, but not terrible. I st I still wear it from time to time, although I'm loath to ever take off my sunbreakers <laughs> uh, or my obsidian mind. Right. Okay, that's uh, apotheosis veil. Next, we're gonna go to the uh, light beyond nemesis, and the flavor text on this one reads. These are the wings of, oh gosh. Pratya Santupada. <laughs> there you go. The truth, <laughs> the truth of interconnectedness, the everywhere light. So, so Nemesis. I have a quote um, here from Snatch, what? just because I, that's what, the only thing. <laughs> Do you know what Nemesis brick is? Top. Yeah, brick top. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's so great. Uh, this is a deep, so light beyond Nemesis is probably the most lore-heavy of all the Warlock exotics in terms of the flavor text, in terms of what the name means, in terms of what the perks are. Uh, so we'll break this down piece by piece here. So let's start with the flavor text first. I, I got to read this Nemesis description by Bricktop oh. since I, I mentioned it. I just okay. I love this because I, I watched this movie a <laughs> few nights ago. A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent personified, in this case, by an orbal cunt. Me. <laughs> Bricktop. <laughs> okay. Yes, Sorry. We might have to beep that yeah. out, but that's <laughs> great. That's a great line. Their looks on their faces. And coincidentally, we've got uh, Lenny James, right? What do you mean we got him? He's coming on the show? No, 
he's <laughs> i wish right he's in that yes, movie he and that he and that quote is directed yep. at him so there we go and for those of you who don't know he's the voice of shacks shacks so okay sorry go ahead so these are the wings of the Pratya Samutpada. So wings, probably a reference to the design of the helmet itself, which has awesome wings on the side of it. Uh, as for Pratya Samutpada and the truth of interconnectedness, this is a huge, huge sort of uh, theory. It goes into Sanskrit and Buddhism and language uh, but here's the quick breakdown. This word commonly appears as one word, uh, and here it's hyphenated. So, pradya or praticia literally translates into having depended, uh, and samutpada translates into arising or rise or production of origin. So the the short on that uh, commonly translated as dependent origination or dependent arising stated that all dharmas which are things arise in dependence upon other dharmas if this exists then that exists if this ceases to exist that also ceases to exist it's a pragmatic teaching uh, it's applied to the 12 links of dependent origination doctrine in buddhism uh, and it's part of the chain of causes which result in rebirth and by breaking the chain, uh, liberation from the endless cycle of rebirth and dukkha can be attained. So basically everything, it's a lot of causality. Uh, and pretty much everything is a consequence of it, with the exception of nirvana, which is breaking that chain. So there's a lot here on causal effect, causality, you know, cause produces an effect because of a property or sattva energy that is inherent in something. So I don't think there's a need to, to really go into all this. It's an interesting sort of look at, you know, we talked about causality a lot, you know, and a causality and paracausality when we talk about the hive and we talk about guardians and we talked about the vex. Uh, and here is the basis or another version of that as it relates more to spirituality uh, and karma and this sort of recycling of souls and things of that nature. So uh, the concept of causality in Buddhism refers to conditions created by a plurality of causes that necessarily co-originate phenomena within and across life forms, such as karma in one life creating conditions that lead to the rebirth in one of the realms of existence in another lifetime. Uh, so this helmet is tied directly to that, and it's sort of a cool way of, of acknowledging the paracausality a bit, or the paracausal nature of a guardian in a completely different kind of language. Uh, and then this, the truth of interconnectedness is something we previously just mentioned in Nemesis Star, but we'll go into detail here, uh, which is the twin sun. So the, a reference to the connection between our sun and the potential nemesis star, but also guardians reviving one another. There's an interconnectedness there, or even ghosts and guardians. So, the everywhere light. <clears throat> All right, exotic perk, year one, keeper of the pack. 
You revive fallen teammates faster, and they revive you faster. Your super also spawns additional orbs for teammates. It is the exact same in year two. Uh, in year one, it rolled with Snap Discharge and Infusion. Uh, snap Discharge uh, increases melee attack speed, but this was a mistake <laughs> on the armor. If anybody messed around with this uh, in year one, the perk was actually Serpent's Tail. Uh, which is the same that appeared on Claws of Ahamkar. It was not Snap Discharge. And in year two, Light Beyond Nemesis will always roll with Intelligence. Uh, also, for what it's worth, Keeper of the Pack does not stack. So if a Warlock wearing Light Beyond Nemesis revives another Warlock wearing Light Beyond Nemesis, you do not get quadruple revive speed. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always just a, the regular increase. Uh, in patch 2.2.0, it was reduced. It used to be a 40% increase, and now it's only a 30% increase. Uh, and this is this is the Warlock version of Crest of Alpha Lupi. So this is mostly PvP-focused uh, in, like, elimination playlists. <clears throat> so, uh... This is the Warlock version of Crest of Alpha Lupi, uh, which is a reference to the brightest star in the constellation Lupus, which is Latin for the name Wolf. Uh, Alpha Lupi, worth noting, 460 light years from our sun. Uh, the Nemesis star was proposed to be only 1.5, so Alpha Lupi is literally the light beyond Nemesis. <laughs> So then we mentioned here, Nemesis is a theoretical dwarf star thought to be the companion to our sun, the theory postulated to explain the perceived cycle of mass extinctions in Earth, Earth's history. Scientists speculate that such a star could affect the orbit of objects in the far outer solar system, sending them on a collision course with Earth. Uh, but using newer and more powerful infrared telescope technology, uh, which is able to detect brown dwarf stars as cool as 150 kelvins out to a distance of 10 light years from the sun uh, the uh, wide field infrared survey explorer has never detected anything resembling nemesis so uh, I think in 2011 uh, David Morrison a senior scientist at NASA known for his work in risk assessment uh, has officially written off the nemesis theory it's not out there waiting to destroy us <laughs> Still makes for cool yes, it does. and cool armor <laughs> and cool new machine guns that look like submarines. Yes. <laughs> Although, so, but there's also an asteroid in the main belt called 128 Nemesis. So, with that in mind, uh, with Vesta being further away from Earth than the Nemesis asteroid, the reef could technically be the light beyond Nemesis. Ah. Or maybe even the Queen's the Light Beyond Nemesis. I guess as Guardians, if we fly to the Reef, we become the Light Beyond Nemesis. Although that doesn't make sense from the machine gun, at least, being Nemesis Star. That's true. <laughs> Seems very specifically not Nemesis Asteroid. But I don't, I don't still know, cool. you're, you're a star, so go to the Reef. And then you will be the... Well, I guess you'll be the Light Beyond Nemesis Star. I don't know. We'll have to go to Nemesis... <laughs> which doesn't exist. The or asteroid, though. We'll have to go to the asteroid, then we'll be the nemesis star. Oh, that's right. It's too <laughs> complex. 
moving on. And your ghost will be the little light beyond Nemesis. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mentioned the goddess Nemesis uh, and the Greek city of Marathon, not the ship. Uh, Nemesis was also a book written by Isaac Asimov about an expedition to a red dwarf uh, star local to the solar system, although it turns out not to be in a 26 billion year orbit, it's merely passing through. Although, interestingly enough, Arthur C. Clarke wrote a short story called Exile of the Eons that was renamed Nemesis. And if you've never read that story, uh, also read both these stories as classic science fiction work. Uh, Exile of Eons had part of the plot I'm going to read this and see if it sounds like anybody you know Warlock, cough, warlock uh, <laughs> The second part of Exile of Eons revolves around a far future where humanity has colonized the stars Okay, we're... A guy named Trevinder the Philosopher uh, commits the unprecedented act of challenging the political and philosophical orthodoxy of the peaceful but uniform galaxy-spanning civilization, where dissent, criminality, violence, and any form of conflict are pretty much virtually unknown. Instead of promising to give up his unorthodoxy, uh, Trevinder chooses exile to, the f- to a future time where the sun is entering its red giant phase and Earth is parched, virtually lifeless desert. Uh, so yeah, we got... Uh, in the far-flung future where mankind has conquered the stars, we happen upon a philosopher who challenges and then is exiled. Goes mm. to the future, the sun is too large. Yep. Lifeless desert. It all, it fits. all fits. So, maybe when Osiris shows up, he'll be wearing Light Beyond Nemesis. Maybe he <laughs> is the Light Beyond Nemesis. <coughs> or maybe his name is really Trevinda. That would be kind of cool. <clears throat> All right, we're. I mean, really, who names their kid Osiris? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, silly. Why? What's wrong with Osiris? It's a. It's. It's not a bad name. I'm just saying it's a very like obviously like based off the the gods and it's not a it's not a normal yeah. name. Although I did mention before about not people not having normal names, so I guess yeah. that works. Geb and Newt named their child Osiris. Did they, they did. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. Geb being the Egyptian god of Earth. Just saying. Uh, and and Newt being the goddess of the sky. They, they name. Never mind. <laughs> We're about to go even further off the rails here with Light Beyond Nemesis. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw a Sailor Moon yeah. reference. What? There we go. <laughs> what? Didn't you watch Pretty Soldier Sailor Moon growing up? Come on. No. Wow. Denied childhood. I guess. I only ever caught Sailor Moon because it was on. I used to get home from school right before 2.30, and Sailor Moon always started at 2. So I would always catch the tail end of Sailor Moon before the Disney afternoon started. (laughs) Anyway, in Sailor Moon, there is a fictional 10th planet at the outer rim of our solar system called Nemesis. (laughs) Uh, It's featured in the second big story arc, uh, and it's home to that arc's antagonist, the Black Moon Clan. That's a planet made up of negative energy, has the ability to vanish from sight, but it remains traceable by X-rays. So, good job, X-ray. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the second arc, uh, Usagi, who is what was Sailor Moon's English name? 
Serena. Uh, and Mamoru, who I think is Tuxedo Mask, uh, they have a daughter whose name looks like Chibi USA, which makes me think of a tiny cartoon United States of America. Uh, <laughs> but she arrived from the future because she's the Exo Stranger uh, to find a silver crystal. As a result, the Guardians encounter Wise Man and his Black Moon Clan, which is the plot of the Taken King, uh, who are pursuing her. Chibiusa takes the Guardians to the future city Neo Tokyo, where her parents rule as Neo Queen. Ser- oh, Serenity was her name. Neo Queen Serenity uh, and King Endemon. During their journey, they meet Sailor Pluto, who's the guardian of the space time door, who is also Osiris. Uh, Sailor Pluto stops the clan's ruler, Prince Demand, uh, from destroying the space time continuum, leading to her death. Uh, Chibiusa later awakens as a guardian and sees a lot of things she doesn't understand. And she becomes Sailor Chibi Moon uh, and helps Usagi kill Wise Man's true form, Death Phantom. So there you have it. That all happens on Nemesis. So. That's some deep digging. <laughs> <laughs> so Sailor Chibi Moon is the light beyond Nemesis. <laughs> Maybe. I guess. And Wise Man is. Taken King, King yeah, and well, the wise man's the Sailor, wise man's Sailor Pluto is Osiris. Yeah, well, when the wise man, when the wise man dies, he enters his true form, which is Death Phantom, which is like Taken Oryx. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Oryx is Shade. I don't know. This is just easier to accept than to try and wrap my head around. So okay then. Well, here's another fun one. Uh, <laughs> Sailor Moon predict- predicted all of there destiny. You go. Uh, or it's just based on it. If you ever read uh, 2000 AD, which is a British uh, comics anthology, they used to have like Judge Dredd and comics like that appeared a lot in 2000 AD. There was a comic written by Pat Mills and with an artist, Kevin O'Neill, and that was called Nemesis the Warlock. And there you go. In that comic, he's a fire-breathing demonic alien. <laughs> so, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I love this next one. Nemesis is a philosophical term first created by Aristotle uh, in his Nicomachean Ethics. The term means one who feels pain caused by others' undeserved success, which fits in perfectly with Light Beyond Nemesis's use in PvP. Because I think every person who has ever set foot in the Crucible has felt pain caused by others' undeserved success. <laughs> uh... And other than that, Lapion Nemesis is probably one of the most striking exotic helmets. It's really got a lot of flourish on it. Uh, and it's a popular choice for cosplayers. And there's a lot of really cool peop- uh, folks who have made really accurate uh, LBNs uh, for cosplay purposes. So there you go. Light Beyond Nemesis. Yeah. It'd be good for cosplay because it's so recognizable. Yes. Like if even if you mess it up a bit, as long as you've got those wings on there and it's the right color, you're pretty good. So, Light Beyond Nemesis now takes some great shaders. Uh, I know with the shaders that I normally run on my work, I, I used to run Light Beyond Nemesis a lot uh, in year two. It was one of the first exotics I got, but I don't wear it at all anymore. But I wear very specific shaders on each of my three subclasses. Excuse me. On Warlock. Uh, and when I run Sunsinger... Uh, I almost always run, what's it called, Uh, Beltane. 
And if you wear Beltane and Light Beyond Nemesis, it makes the helmet black and red, and it looks awesome. I'll have to check that out. It sounds cool. But there you go, Light Beyond Nemesis. Uh, Buddhism, mythical or theoretical stars, Roman gods, Sailor Moon, fire-breathing demons, uh, and pain caused by others' undeserved success. <laughs> Basically, the destiny truth. in a nutshell. It's got it all. <laughs> yeah, that that helmet is destiny. Yes. Nice. Okay, now we'll move on to an exotic I know is one of Gabble's favorites, also one of mine. Uh, that is Obsidian Mind. So, and the flavor text reads: Power from the Ash. <clears throat> Uh, year one and year two, same perk. Insatiable. Nova Bomb kills reduce the cooldown of your next Nova Bomb. Uh, in year one, this would always roll with Inverse Shadow as well, which is increased super energy gain from killing minions of the darkness. So this was this was to instantly get your super back exotic for <laughs> for uh, Void Walkers. Uh, in year two, Obsidian Mind will always roll with Intelligence. Duh. Uh, the perk simple is ju- symbol is just Nova Bomb. And Obsidian itself is a, a rock, although it's more like a glass, that is formed by the result of quickly cooled lava and is often very dark or shiny, glossy black, which is pretty much this helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's what's in the notes? Okay, so the nature of its formation involves very little atomic diffusion. Though whether that property carries over to the thoughts <laughs> or uh, light of the guardian wearing uh, OM is up for debate. Your your thoughts don't leak out. In atomic diffusion, atomic diffusion uh, is when particular atoms sort of escape that which is binding them. So if you think of you putting helium in a balloon, uh, helium atoms will pass through the balloon itself. That causes the balloon to slowly lose its buoyancy and deflate. Uh, so whether or not obsidian mind prevents your thoughts from leaking out of your skull as a warlock. <laughs> Possible. This seems very warlock's alley. Uh, Obsidian's very hard but brittle. Uh, It fractures with extremely sharp edges. Uh, Well-crafted obsidian glass blades can have a cutting edge many times sharper than the highest quality surgical steel. Uh, The cutting edge of the blade can be uh, up to three nanometers thick, which is ridiculous. I've never heard of an obsidian scalpel before I started researching this. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience in the medical field. I'm not sure, sure how often they're actually used, but... I, I've heard of them before this, uh, and I don't know, like, 100%, so don't, like, quote me on this, but from what I vaguely remember of hearing it, it's like, they're much better for surgery, you'll have less scarring, like, not just on the surface, but, like, all the, wherever you're cutting will have less scarring and heal better, but it's, like, controversial almost, because you're using this sort of glass nice. rather than conventional steel. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know that 100%. That's just what I vaguely remember, so <laughs> don't quote me on that. We're going to have to go out and experiment and have some surgery done. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, more so in sort of like spirit lore and you know, there's a lot of people who use different kinds of stones for their energy properties and healing. It's it's new agey mumbo jumbo. Uh, but some people very firmly believe in it. <laughs> there's actually a store right near me that is an entire store devoted to stones and crystals. But uh, that being said, spiritual beliefs surrounding obsidian uh, counted as the stone of truth, protection, integrity, honesty, and grounding. Uh, and as it goes, the stone has the ability to awaken the inner warrior and provide courage to enter the subconscious mind and rediscover hidden abilities. Obsidian, in general, protects the mind from negative energies. In particular, black obsidian is considered very powerful and creative stone. It grounds and centers spiritual energy on the physical plane. Obsidian connects the mind and the emotions. Self-control can be increased by using this stone. That sounds a lot more like obsidian mind uh, as it pertains mm. to the exotic in the game. Like That seems right on board with the sort of power it provides. Awakens the inner warrior and provides courage to enter subconscious, recover, rediscover hidden abilities. Like that's that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right up a warlock's alley. Yeah. Uh, and it also mentions that the dark reflective surface uh, acts like a dark mirror, uh, revealing the mind and self. Uh, when worn on the third eye, obsidian helps break through mental barriers. It can focus the emotionally scattered energies and bring emotional release. Uh, as it's read, the true self is reflected back to us via its shiny surface, so one must be prepared to face both positive and negative sides of reality as it emerges. Uh, they must be prepared to face Nova Bomb. The first video, one of the first videos I ever took in Destiny was me of me wearing Obsidian Mind uh, and Max into build at the We've Woken the Hive door and getting... <sighs> four Nova Bombs back to back to back to back with the power of this thing like it was a it was my only Voidwalker exotic in year one it was awesome uh, and speaking to that uh, back in year one especially paired up with Bad Juju this was like the Nova Bomb abuse build <laughs> maximum int with Bad Juju and Obsidian Mind it's just like the never stop nuking Warlock build. <clears throat> uh, there's a 1986 video game called Obsidian that deals with the traversal of a ship, the Obsidian, through a black hole. Uh, there is also a 1996 video game called Obsidian that deals with a corrupted AI named Ceres, uh, nanomachines, and orbital satellite systems, all themes found in Destiny. Uh, Ceres, we've talked about before, a major, which is destroyed in Destiny. Uh, the queen destroyed it to reveal the wolves. But corrupted AI and nanomachines, something we're going into in Rise of Iron, and Rasputin likes to have warsats. Uh, and then, of course, Obsidian Entertainment, uh, who are the minds behind Knights of the Old Republic 2, Neverwinter Nights 2, Fallout New Vegas, Dungeon Siege 3, South Park to Stick of Truth, Pillars of Eternity, and many more. Uh, I think people who are familiar with video games will recognize Obsidian as a, a pretty great studio. So there you go, Obsidian Mind. 
used to be like the the Voidwalker helmet, although questionable. Its perks are very PVE centric, not Crucible centric, since you don't you can't gain those bonuses against uh, other players, which is too bad. But it's good for those who are not warlocks and are not wearing it. <laughs> Hey, it's X-Ray here. Just wanted to take a quick break and uh, play for you a short little clip from our friend Gain Mide, who uh, released his new three-track EP on uh, Amazon, Google Play, iTunes. You can pick it up just about anywhere. Uh, just go check it out. Uh, we've also used uh, a couple of his tracks for the intro and outro to this one. So if you like it, check the show notes for some links. And uh, what you're about to hear is called Morning Fire. such a great track man if you like that check them out download it and uh we'll get back to the lore For the Crucible, let's talk about the Ram. Oh, that helmet. This thing, oh man, this was probably one of the most reviled helmets in forever. <laughs> man, it was, that was ridiculous. I hated running Hunter against those guys. I had some of my best games ever with, in year one, wearing Ram with Voidwalker build. Like, it was, you're indestructible. Uh they were man it was it was crazy how tough they were it prompted i mean it prompted and i'll link i'll link a video in the show notes uh there's a couple of great videos back and they had people testing what the ram can actually tank like shoulder charge and other nova bombs or like a fusion grenade or like it was just it's crazy uh what year one rams could tank the ram and thorn that was like the Voidwalker build. Uh, awful. Just yeah, awful. <laughs> nightmares. It's like crucible PTSD thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the uh, flavor text was appropriate at yeah. that time, too. Praise me. Praise me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was just. Uh, and it's painful. all in caps yep. as well. Yeah. And the RAM is all in caps as well. So. Somebody had a problem with the caps lock when they were writing this one. <laughs> yeah. And then they just rolled with it. 
So. Like, yep. The year one and year two perk is identical. Uh, strength of the Ram, increased armor, and all Voidwalker melees trigger lifesteal on hit. Uh, we'll talk about it. And it's, it literally is melee hits. It's not, you do not have to have your melee charged. It's any melee hit will trigger lifesteal, which can restore your health. <laughs> or trigger the hunger to get your grenades back. Uh, but anyway, the perks in year one were infusion, uh, which is health when you pick up an orb of light, and scholar's draw, which replenishes super energy when you kill an enemy with melee. It's more than the increased armor has since been reduced in year two on the ram, but it's still an awesome helmet uh, to the point where people ignored the second part of it, which is a little bit underrated because it's amazing, and just ran the increased armor. We'll talk about in year two, the ram will always roll with strength. So if you're looking for an int discipline build on the ram, you're out of luck. <clears throat> so prior to House of Wolves, this helmet appeared in the database with an icon that looked exactly like Obsidian Mind, except it was white. Uh, the strength of the ram perk conveys lifesteal, so literally all Voidwalker melees will give you lifesteal. Uh, no charge required. Kind of underrated, kind of amazing. Uh, my best Crucible match ever uh, was in kind of the Hive map on the moon, the Cauldron. I was just playing. I was oh, playing yeah. mid with shotgun ram, and it was just, <laughs> it was evil. I guarded that that upstairs door like it was my job. I killed so many people. <laughs> Uh, all Warlock subclasses benefit equally from the increased armor aspect of Strength of the Ram, uh, giving birth to many an army of Ram-wearing Sunsingers that refuse to die. Uh, and then Gabble has some notes here that the Ram plus Radiant Skin can tank a Golden Gunshot. The Ram plus Radiant Skin plus Solar Armor can tank Hammer of Soul. And the Ram plus Fireborn plus Solar Armor uh, can self-res and tank a headshot from high-impact sniper rifles. So, there you go. Be ready for it. <laughs> uh, the perk Scholar's Draw, available on the Year 1 version of the RAM, was also available on the Hood of the Exile helmet, uh, which could be acquired from Trials of Osiris during House of Wolves. Uh, but that has been replaced with the Hands-On perk, which is similar, but limits the perk to PvE. Uh, so Scholar's Draw is replenish super energy when you kill an enemy with melee. Hands-on is gain super energy when you kill minions of the darkness with a melee. Uh, what this is a reference to, it's not totally sure. I mean, obviously the ram appears in all different kinds of sort of mythology. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of them. I mean, I think the the Baphomet symbolism is probably the most common. So the, the lifesteal uh, makes sense there. But there's also the Ram's Helm of the Warlock is an item in DC Universe Online. Uh, and that full armor set is called Strength of the Ram, uh, which was introduced in 2013, so prior to the launch of Destiny. So whether it's an homage to that not quite sure. Or it's just the, you know, the ram's head Baphomet skull telling you to praise it. Uh, 
Also noting in Genesis 22:13, after God stops Abraham from sacrificing his son Isaac, Abraham finds a ram and sacrifices it instead. <laughs> uh, and then I have a note here that the Old Testament God can be a real dick, but this might explain the flavor text. Uh, and that's the RAM. It's also worth noting that on my desk, I have, there's a company here, or not here, but called Fire and Bone, and they craft tiny pewter skulls, animal skulls, and the two I have on my desk are a RAM and a dire wolf. So hmm. I'm ready for, my warlock's ready for Rise of Iron. Nice. I'll take a picture of them and put them on our Instagram account. And that's the RAM. I mean, the, sort of lore aside, this is one of those items that sort of transcended anything that it came from and turned into how it was used to find this particular exotic. Uh, like I said, like Crucible PTSD, war, Warlock RAM locks were unkillable uh, to the point of being called out constantly. Uh, for how powerful it was. Uh, as Mr. Fruit calls them, babbling sheep. <laughs> so, man, we're still on helmets. All right. <laughs> Skull of Dire Ahamkara. Reality is the finest flesh, O bearer mine. And are you not hungry? So that uh, that's interesting, just the... Uh, we get that O'Bear mine kind of flavor text or, or, or phrasing in there that we see a lot with with uh, things associated with the Ahamkara, right? Yes, and this is going to be the first of quite a few Ahamkara-related exotics for warlocks. They like them bones, they right? They do, and sometimes not just <laughs> the bones. All right, Skull of Dire Ahamkara. This is, this is another very underrated exotic uh, for warlocks, uh, but it provides this amazing synergy build that we'll talk about, which I believe is referred to as Doom and Bloom. Uh, <laughs> so the year one perk and the year two perk are the same. Uh, Delusions of Grandeur. Uh, you take reduced damage while using your Nova Bomb, and your Siphon abilities are improved. Uh, if Siphon doesn't sound familiar, it's because Siphon is the old name for Energy Drain. Uh, it was changed in the perk trees for Warlocks, but it was not changed on this exotic. Uh, and it does not stack with the Hunger, the Voidwalker perk, so that's worth noting. Uh, Skull of Dire Ahamkara will increase that to energy drain to 8 seconds, and the Hunger increases it to 10, so the Hunger overwrites the... Uh, the exotic, so don't have them both equipped at the same time. Uh, Delusions of Grandeur perfectly describes Warlocks. <laughs> uh, Grandoy's delusions are characterized by fantastical beliefs that one is famous, omnipotent, wealthy, or otherwise very powerful. The delusions are generally fantastic and typically have a religious, science fictional, or supernatural theme. Research suggests that the severity of the delusions of grandeur is directly related to higher self-esteem in individuals and inversely related to any individual's severity of depression and or negative self-evaluations. However, it has been noted that the presence of delusions of grandeur in people 
with at least grammar or high school education was greater than that of lesser educated person, uh, persons. So yeah, this is smart people thinking they're better than they are, which is warlocks. <laughs> Enjoy your dire skulls, buddies. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> year two, uh, hands-on, which we talked about. Uh, oh, year one, energy projection, which is grenade throw distance, and quintessence transfer, uh, which is replenishes super energy when you kill an enemy with a grenade. Uh, which is interesting because the skull of Dire Ahamkara cannot roll discipline. And I'll talk about this in a minute. Uh, year two perks, slightly different. Uh, invigoration, uh, melee energy from orb pickups. Makes sense. Uh, and hands-on, gain bonus super energy from melee kills on the minions of darkness. And this relates back to Siphon. Uh, Skull of Dire Ahamkara cannot roll discipline, uh, which is interesting because the spine of a young a young Ahamkara provides a ton of it. But you'll have to wait for the Hunter episode. So here's where I talk about rolling and re-rolling and glass needles and what it means when I say that the Skull of Dire Ahamkara cannot roll discipline as a stat. Technically, it can. Uh but on the first node and only when a pure roll is in effect. So what this means is that you could re-roll a Skull of Dire Ahamkara a thousand times. You would never get a pure discipline node. You would only ever get the upgrade discipline node, which would only provide 5 to 10 discipline uh, on a pure strength or int roll. Uh, so it's not... It cannot naturally have discipline. Although in the very rare instances you could get it, but it would be a sort of a waste of a node at that point. Unless you're looking for your pure intelligence or pure strength, and that wouldn't matter because you wouldn't use that node anyway. But for all intents and purposes, we're just going to say, can never roll it. Uh, the perk symbol is just Nova Bomb, the Nova Bomb icon. Uh, early in the Taken King, Skull of Dire Ahamkar did not properly appear in the Blueprints kiosk and was cons was not obtainable uh, outside of a drop or an engram, though that was fixed in patch 2.1.0. Uh, and this will allow Warlock to tank Hammer of Soul while using Nova Bomb. So, there you go, more more defense. Uh, I think it's a dopey-looking exotic, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. It's got, like, little nubby horns... Uh, and the jaw obviously follows the jawline of the, the warlock wearing it. Uh, and even sort of in-game lore-wise, what would possess you to put the skull of an Ahamkara on your own head? It's like asking for your thoughts to get sucked out. Like, no. Well, it's not really any crazier than the other parts of Ahamkara and other enemies we've strapped all over ourselves. Like, hey, bits of Vex that are talking to me. I should wear them. No, I guess that's true. So, we're all just crazy. But this Ahamkar is dire. <laughs> Borrowing from Latin, uh, dearest, meaning fearful or ominous. It's scary, it's scary to put on your head. Why would you do it? I mean, we like to wear lots of things, skulls as hats, I suppose, but... I mean, now you've said it's scary, that just sounds like a challenge. Like, yeah, I'm gonna wear it. Woo! I guess it's a very warlock thing to say. <laughs> Net Titan said I wouldn't do it. 
the second part of this, Delusions of Grandeur, that second part, uh, basically granting you, you know, what, four-fifths of the hunger perk allows you to create that crazy doom and bloom uh, synergy build that we'll talk about when we get to nothing manacles, but really now in year two is a, an a, amazing build that gives you nearly infinite grenades and infinite health regeneration. It's an amazing when they buffed Void Walkers, uh, they really gave them a incredible perk synergy, and this this helmet sort of lends back into that and has made this helmet a little bit more useful. Speaking of of things that are useful and not useful, <laughs> this, this next, next one, one. <laughs> the stag. This is <laughs> the most pun riddled exotic in the game. Man, it it looked looked cool to me. I like the way it looked. But man, it was so yeah. bad. Uh, oh dear. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just describes yeah. it right there. That yeah. was the flavor text. So, oh uh, man. Um, says, oh dear goodness. But it's spelled deer like a deer. Yeah. D-E-E-R. Well, just like <sighs> the first, uh, the, the year two, well, this is only a year two, but the uh, exotic perk, doe or die. So there's a little play on words there, too. <laughs> Awful. Oh. Awful. So once per life, uh, your supercharge is faster when your teammates are dead. Chance to respawn with an overshield. So there's some numbers and percentages there. Uh, so with the with the super energy charging faster, it's two and a half yep. times. But but only faster. when all your friends are dead. Right, right. So obviously that wouldn't be fun. Well, it would never work like in in PvP, right? Well, it could if you're the last surviving member of your fire team. How often is that though? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess I guess if you're talking trials yeah. or something like that, maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't ever. I don't. I don't really go there too often. Because you're, so you're usually the one who's dead. Help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, if 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 anyone's gonna be dead, it's gonna be me. So. And then also the uh, the the chance to respawn with a with a overshield is a ten percent, yep. and the effect uh, is fifteen seconds. Yes. Yeah. Equal in strength to flame shield. Yeah, the Sunsinger perk. Yeah, yeah. So that's that seems somewhat useful. Yeah, 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 one in ten times. <laughs> yeah, true. Ten percent is pretty crappy. I guess maybe in, in mayhem so. that would be okay since you're dying so much in mayhem. But if you've if you've yeah. died ten times in a single crucible match, just for the sake of getting an overshield, just run Sunsinger and use the perk. Well, geez, I mean, how many bullets have been wasted trying to get that that uh, not the 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 final shot, but the uh, oh on. On your uh, when Thorn when they were doing that exploit with Thorn where oh, you yeah. could yeah shoot like off like all but three of your shots and and you know you'd have one your final round would oh Hawkmoon the double the double bullet on Hawkmoon oh yeah. yeah yes yeah 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 there was another one that was broken for a while though I don't remember what it was was it last word no well people used to, people who had final when sn- snipers could roll with final round. People yeah, would fire yeah. all but their last shot, and it would guarantee that the next sniper hit, even if it was a body shot, would be an, a one-hit yeah. KO. Yeah, I used So last-round snipers <laughs> became a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was on... Ephrodite was the big yep. one there. It was easy to get it on. 
So, although kind of unique to the stag, it can roll with any stat and perk combination that's available to helmets, uh, which sets it apart. None oh, wow. of those will save you. Uh, the perk symbol is Fireborn, for some strange reason. Uh, okay, now I got a lot of mythology stuff here about stags. They're big in a lot of different mythologies and religions, and it's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, superstitions and gods and all kinds mm-hmm. of things. So I pulled the ones that are kind of relevant to the mythology and lore of Destiny. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, just go look up, like, stags in mythology, and you'll be reading for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but let's talk about some of the ones here that are a bit more uh, Destiny sort of relatable. So the first one is in Egyptian mythology, because of Trials, uh, Setet, goddess of the hunt, was shown with the, either the horns of a deer and sometimes a deer's face. Uh, this helmet has very long, notorious horns. Uh, in the Poetic Edda, which we've talked about many times, uh, Grimmins Maul, the four stags of the world tree, are described as feeding on it. Uh, and the poem further relates that the stag Yekbirnir... I can say that, uh, lives on top of Valhalla. Which is funny, because if you look up images of that, it's like a deer standing on top of a house. Uh, But, whatever, the Norse were funny like that. Uh, Sir Nuos is the conventional name given to the Celtic studies to depictions of the horned god, sometimes referred to as Herne the Hunter, uh, of Celtic polytheism. So he's a horned or antlered figure. Uh, in Wicca and other forms of neo-paganism, a horn god is revered and reflects the seasons of the year in the annual cycle of life, death, and rebirth, which kind of plays into the perk of this helmet a little bit. Uh, the Anglo-Saxon royal scepter found at the Sutton Hoo burial site in England features a depiction of an upright antlered stag. Uh, and in the old English language poem Beowulf, um, which we've talked about in the past, much of the first portion of the story focused on events surrounding the great Mead Hall called Heriot, meaning Hall of the Heart. Uh, heart, H-A-R-T, which is a deer. Uh, and then we have deer are considered messenger gods in Shinto, and we've talked about Shinto before, especially concerning other warlock exotics, uh, like uh, Susanu, uh, especially in the Kasuga Shrine in Nara in the Nara Prefecture, uh, where a white deer has arrived from the Kashima Shrine as its divine messenger, uh, the symbol of the city. Uh, and then, so white deer, or the white stag, has even more significance in a lot of uh, fiction and lore. Uh, I'll go into a little bit of those. I mean, we're dealing with the skull of one in Destiny, so we don't really know if it came from a white stag. Uh, But also worth noting, tying back to that Shinto legend, if you're familiar with Princess Mononoke, uh, the deer god, the great forest spirit, is the protector of the forest and is the god of life and death. Uh, And in the film, according to legend, if you wear the forest spirit's head, you get immortality. So... 
we're kind of wearing its head in Destiny. It may not be the great uh, forest spirit, but we're wearing a deer head. Uh, so the white stag. The Celtic people considered white stags to be messengers from the other world. Uh, the Celts believed that a white stag would appear when one was transgressing a taboo. Uh, and then Arthurian legend, which has been talked about a lot recently because of Rise of Iron and Knights of the Round Table and all that jazz, uh, states that a white stag has the perennial ability to evade capture, uh, and that pursuit of the animal represents mankind's spiritual quest. It also signaled uh, that the time was nigh for the knights of the kingdom to pursue a quest. Uh, in Christianity, a white stag was partially responsible for the conversion of the martyr St. Eustace. Eustace saw a vision of Christ between the stag's antlers and was told that he would suffer for Christ, like you will suffer if you wear this helmet. Um. <laughs> uh, Robert Baden-Powell, who formed the Scouts, like the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, uh, talked about the white stag. <clears throat> This is a direct quote from this guy. I don't know why I put this in here, but sure, I'll read it. Uh, the white stag has a message for you. Hunters of old pursued the miraculous stag, not because they expected to kill it, but because it led them in the joy of the chase to new and fresh adventures. And so, to capture happiness, you may look on the white stag as the true spirit of scouting, springing forward and upward, ever leading you onward to leap over difficulties to face new adventures in your active pursuit in the, aim, in the aims of higher scouting. That just sounds like hunters. I know. Well, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Hunters and scouting and even springing forward and upward, leaping over difficulties. I'm jumping around all the time. When we get private matches, <laughs> I want to do a match that is one warlock wearing the stag and three Night Stalker hunters trying to kill it with their bows. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is the spirit of scouting is what we're going to call that match. Man, how many how many lore related private matches do you think will be? Able oh, it's going to be so good! I cannot wait. One v one, thorn versus last it. word. <laughs> hmm, what will we call that one? Uh, pass. Yes, we're going to call it not <laughs> next. Covered. <laughs> you know, we're going to record a YouTube video of that and that's going to be that entire episode there you go <laughs> uh, white stag prevalent in Hungarian mythology uh, I believe the white stag led the brothers Hunor and Magor to Cytheria which led to the Hun and Mygar people uh, if you ever read the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe the white stag is a very important character I mean not very important but important uh, especially because it makes two appearances. Uh, one is it pulls the reins of the Slay of the White Witch, but it also leads the kids out of Narnia. Uh, literary analysis has suggested that that is a comment on the duality of good and evil. Uh, but anyone who catches the White Stag will get witches granted. So, I guess if any of our hunters catch the White Stag in our private match, they get a wish granted. If you want to go into some super deep lore that's not Destiny-related, I'll put a link in the show notes. The white stag, known as Malorn or Aparo, is a demigod of nature in the Warcraft games and plays a huge part in the history of Warcraft lore. Uh, we're not a Warcraft podcast, so we're not going to talk about it. Uh, <clears throat> but it's huge. The entry for the white stag in Warcraft is really cool. Uh... 
Then last but not least, the stag is James and Harry Potter's Patronus charm. So maybe that's what the overshield comes from. <laughs> oh, and no, no, why did you? Aww. I didn't, I clicked the wrong Aww. thing. Wait, shh, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> I can just say you it. Can ju- you can just say it. You don't <laughs> have to type it here. Um, oh, it's just a silly comment about um, being the stag with James and Harry Potter's, and the doe is both Lily's and Snape's. Correct. I remember that reveal when it was revealed that Snape's Patronus was a doe, and I was like, what? And, uh, Doe or die. Yep. They're both dead. <laughs> oh, spoilers for Harry Potter. No, they're not. Shh. <laughs> Harry Potter's so old. <laughs> Snape <laughs> kills Dumbledore. If you don't know that by now, it's... Yeah. If you don't know that by now, it's too late for you. I'm sorry. Dude, there's been other podcasts where we're worried about spoiling stuff from, like, 80s movies. <laughs> Rosebud's a sled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Luke... Vader is Luke's father. Snape kills Dumbledore. The calls coming from inside the house. Uh, I don't know any more spoilers. He was dead the whole time. Oh, he was dead the whole time. I was going there. I was going there. Uh, Beat me to it. (laughs) Totally sidetracked. I saw the best thing that was like all of those things written on um, someone's car spoiler. It was a spoiler. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's the greatest thing ever. It's like, come and check out my spoiler. That's <laughs> it's like amazing. written all over. It. Sorry, sidetracked. Continue on. <laughs> he should update that to the most recent movies that just like released every every week. Spoilers from <laughs> just add another one every time a new movie comes Talk out. Talk about road rage. He'd probably get murderized. <laughs> I got sidetracked by somebody photoshopping a picture of Jesus between the the stag's antlers in Destiny. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> since we're talking about where where would you use this thing, uh, possibly the most situationally useful exotic in all of Destiny. Although with some quick thinking, it could allow a resourceful warlock to turn the tide in the Trials of Osiris match by having a super ready faster than the other team would be expecting it. Uh, so if your if your team's dead and you're the only warlock left alive, you could put this thing on, lead them on a chase, and then turn around and blast them with Nova Bomb when they weren't expecting it in like a you know, a second or third round, or maybe even a first if your team's doing kind of well or you've gotten the kills in. Uh, Or combine it with a perk like Electrostatic Mind, which charges your super faster when you're around your teammates. Uh, And then when they're dead, it charges even faster. Or when using Claylock, because if you can get your super faster uh, and you switch into Claylock, you suddenly have a great tide-turning gun on your side. Uh, that could be pretty mean. But this is all so crazy situationally useful. Uh, you could possibly do some Crimson Doubles, too, because you'd have the Heartbroken perk plus the Stag would make for a pretty mean combo. Uh, and as a, Or as a last resort on a Nightfall that has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> This exotic is full of puns. Uh, Here's another one. So, including the idea of going stag to a party, meaning that you're attending single, which is probably what the uh, perk is a reference to. (laughs) 
your party being dead. Uh, the stag is one of two exotics whose names are stylized in all caps, the other being the ATS-8 Arachnid. I always read it as like someone's yelling it. <laughs> I know. It just, it's... Because anytime someone's in caps, something's in caps, I just read it like, the stag! Yep. And it sticks out too, like when you're looking through the armory on Destiny, it just, it's like, did, did some, is that a mistake? Did somebody enter this in all caps because it's supposed to be replaced later and they just left it? Yeah. Uh, and then a quick note, another name for Doe, uh, a.k.a. Lily and Snape's Patronus, is a hind. Uh, and no, this is not a hind D reference. Uh, fans of the Uncharted series will probably recognize that word from the Golden Hind, which was Sir Francis Drake's ship, which is used to circumnavigate the world. So. All right, one last helmet. Possibly the coolest helmet in all of Destiny. One of the best looking by far. Maybe not as cool as Graviton Forfeit, but pretty awesome and pretty not in the game at all. <laughs> the Astrocyte Verse. This was one of the promised exotics, one of the promised 18 uh, that we have not received yet, although it was heavily marketed during the build-up to the Taken King. So Astrocyte Verse. Uh, the ideocosm contained within this helm transforms the wearer's head from flesh and or exoneurons to the pure, raw stuff of thought. Uh, there's a lot of crazy words in just that description, so let's talk about them. Uh, the astrocyte is a glial cell in the brain. Uh, they're shaped like stars. so They perform a ton of different functions, uh, including biochemical support, uh, endothelial cells uh, that form the blood-brain barrier, uh, provision of nutrients and nervous tissue, maintenance of extracellular ion balance, uh, they repair the repair and scarring process of brain and spinal cord injuries. Uh, astrocytes are pretty awesome cells. And then verse, I mean, which is just, I think we all know what a verse is, uh, but I included this description here because of this very last line, which I think is really funny to me. Uh, <laughs> So there's two main kinds of verses, uh, the countable sense uh, and the uncountable sense. So countable sense is a verse, uh, uh, sorry, in the countable sense, a verse is formally a single metrical line in poetic composition. Uh, and uncountable, which is a mass noun sense, refers to poetry, quote unquote, as contrasted to prose. The common unit of verse is based on a meter or rhyme uh, the common unit of prose is purely grammatical, such as a sentence or paragraph. And then it goes on to say, uh, in the second sense, verse is also used pejoratively in contrast to poetry to suggest work that is too pedestrian or too incompetent to be classed as poetry. So, good job poetry nerds writing the poetry wiki. <laughs> uh, this word ideocosm is really cool. Uh, I was I didn't know about it, but I spent hours reading about it uh, on an MIT site that was talking about it. So it's based on the idea of um, ideonomy. So ideonomy is the science of ideas. 
the pure and applied science of ideas and their laws and of the use of same to describe, generate, investigate, or otherwise treat all possible ideas related to any subject, problem, thing, or other idea. So this is really cool, like the, the science of ideas. Uh, and the description here for ideacosm lays it out like this. Uh, quote, the dictionary defines omniverse as a universe that is spatio-temporally four-dimensional. The word could be used to refer to the totality of space-time, to all that is, has been, or ever will be. And ideonomy, in ideonomy, the omniverse, capitalized, is the universe of all real things and real possibilities. The ideacosm, on the other hand, is the universe of all possible things and ideas. This is conceived of as having a universe, unique and necessary structure, that can be systematically and progressively explored, mapped, and exploited. It is supposed to have its own laws, phenomena, and even forces. So, the omniverse is the universe of the real, and the ideacosm uh, is the universe of the possible, which plays hugely into this description here uh, and its transformational properties to both flesh and or exoneurons. So an exoneuron's not a real thing. Uh, but if you break it down, it is literally the neurons of exos. Uh, so this must be some kind of golden age tech that allowed for the creation of the exo mind. Uh, and this we haven't there's been no references to this you know, it's sort of always a mystery, like, how is an exo not just a robot? Well, these exoneurons apparently make up the consciousness and mind of an exo, so. It doesn't matter. In this case, it's being transmuted into the raw stuff of thought <laughs> by this helmet. Uh, so that's an awesome description for an awesomely named thing that looks awesome. What is its possible perk? Could it be as awesome as what we just described? Yes. The astrocyte verse perk is teleportation, reduces blink cooldown, and increases blink travel distance. What? Uh, astrocyte verse would have always rolled with strength and could roll pure strength, which is very mean. Uh, the perk symbol was the left and right arrows over a stylized directional compass, kind of similar to ionic blink, but not quite. Uh... And yeah, this was featured heavily. If you've ever seen a picture of the helmet that looks like a warlock whose face is the universe, <laughs> under a fishbowl, kind of, that's what this thing is. Uh, this is an awesome-looking exotic, and the promise of having an enhanced blink was had the, the Crucible crew, like the PvP-centric Destiny players, salivating heavily. This thing was going to make blink shotgunning into the stuff of nightmares. Uh but we never got it. And then later on, Blink was nerfed a bit uh, and had changes made to it involving its recovery and things like that. This helmet could potentially undo those changes. Uh, or if it had been introduced before these Blink changes, man. I, we didn't know how what the increase in travel distance is, but you could be Blinking all the way across the map and with the reduced cooldown, you'd be... You'd be impossible to hit. You'd be like Nightcrawler on the on the Crucible field. Uh, oh no, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, Astrocyte Verse, what a awesome looking helmet that we never got. 
sadly. Alright, how are we doing for time? Jeez, we only got through helmets? Uh, wow, yeah. this may turn into a two-parter. <laughs> they may all turn into two-parters. Man, yeah, we got a lot we left. We could skip right to boots! Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, war. The boots that never the were. That, There's yeah. one there. So, yeah, here, let's do it. I mean, as long as we're here, let's jump right. What are we at, an hour and a half? Yep, that uh, looks like hour 40, hour and a half. All right, well, yeah, maybe we'll break into two parts. Here, uh, let's toss... We'll toss the two the two smaller ones on the end of this, uh, and then we'll do body armor and gloves next time. Can we do it next time? Do we have time to do it next time? Oh, I don't know. We got Rise of Iron coming pretty I know. soon. Maybe we should find another day this week. We can probably... We can knock it out with a couple Ooh, people. One week. Well, if we can get Gabble back, I'm sure he'd love to be part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's grinding his teeth right now thinking about us talking about Warlocks without him. So that'd actually be okay. good that he could get in on yeah. part of that. So Yeah, I'm up. I'm up let's, okay, well, yeah, let's, let's talk it. boots because that'll just make Gabble sob audibly on the show. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Right now in the game, Warlocks have no exotic boots. Uh, None. Zero. zero. Zip. Uh, to make matters worse, there was a exotic released in the original reveal of the Taken King that was going to give Warlocks their first pair of exotic boots. Then they never manifested, and now you still have zero boots, uh, which explains the title of this podcast, uh, which we didn't read, but you'll see it when this podcast is published. So let's talk about these boots, because it's short. The Transverse Steps. In these boots, your relationship with consistent space-time is tenuous at best. Uh, yeah, you had boots, you never got them. Transversive. Uh, situated or extending across something, a transverse beam. Synonyms, crosswise, crossways, cross, horizontal, diagonal, oblique, slanted, a transverse bar. You get it. You, you cover a distance. <laughs> uh it has a it had a perk has a perk I don't know. As would have had would have had a perk. We could still possibly see these, but they could be completely different from what I'm about to read. And this is part of the reason why we wanted to cover exotics before Rise of Iron. So the perk for transverse steps: strange angles, gain faster movement speed while crouching, and picking up ammo automatically reloads the weapon matching its ammo type. <laughs> Uh, the, the perk <laughs> symbol is Destiny's loading icon. Uh, it appeared in the database ahead of the release of the Taken King, but has never actually appeared in the game. Uh, and the icon was really cool. That's almost like a it's like a blue diamondy snakeskin pattern with like a neon translucent ribbon co- coiled around them. They're really cool looking exotics that we never got. Uh, yeah, that perk. Picking up ammo automatically reloads the weapon matching that ammo type. That's bonkers. Uh, I like the gain faster movement speed while crouching because I just want to see like a whole bunch of warlocks like squatting around. Speed, speed, crouching. crouching. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous. Oh, if these were in the game, you could have a race, a crouching race between uh, <laughs> Night Stalkers and Warlocks because Night Stalkers get that with, with their Keen Scout perk. 
Do you? That with would look crouching? ridiculous. Do you, do you actually get faster crouching? Yeah, you get, you get crou- <laughs> faster speedball crouching in Keen Scout. Oh, I knew you got faster sprint. Yep, you get both. That one. I, I don't crouch very often. <laughs> it would be a crab walk race. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing to see. <laughs> It'd but be even, like those even ridiculous... Even just to be in Crucible and see all these warlocks, like, <laughs> crab walking around. <laughs> It'd be like those ridiculous videos you see in, like, uh, oh, it's... it's uh, like Battlefield and stuff like that, where their people are aimed straight up at the sky and running around with their guns. Have you ever seen those? They're <laughs> crazy looking. It just looks so stupid when they're just oh, yeah, when yeah, people yeah. are aimed from like a third yeah. from a third person perspective. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. I'm just thinking back. Like the other day, I was playing and I was just in the tower, like clearing out postmaster or something, and there was this fire team of six guardians all crouching, walking around the vaults and the tower, just going around in circles, and they're all just crouching. <laughs> It was the funniest thing ever. And then they started playing Leapfrog. Oh, man. And there was, like, all six of them lined up, and the back one would jump over the front, and then they just kept going. It was the funniest thing. I've, I want to see this with, like, in the middle of PvP, have these warlocks, like, crouching around. That is how you know we have become very bored in Destiny and need Rise of Iron very soon. <laughs> A whole fire team of six playing Leapfrog in the tower. It was I literally I just watched them for, like... 10 minutes i was like are they still doing it yeah okay then amazing all right it was incredible (laughs) hats off to them uh let's also cover the three bonds real quick we talked about these sort of at length during our uh, respective faction episodes but we'll reiterate them here uh these are the three exotics in the game for warlocks that have the life exotic perk which allow you to equip another exotic along with this one uh so future war cult is circle of war and the flavor text is understanding is not an end but a beginning from which new truths are born uh <clears throat> the perk is called gladiator increases future war cult reputation gains and adds future war cult effect on spawn which is the crazy rainbow spawn-in effect. Uh, This should be called the billboard, because that's exactly what it looks like when you wear it. Gavel wears this. It just, like, projects FWC off your arm like a neon Tokyo sign. It's crazy. Uh, The Dead Orbit one is called The Light Beyond. Uh, no, not Nemesis. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the same. It's, I didn't say it was the light beyond Nemesis, but it's the same phrasing. Yes. Well, we get we so. Get this is, so now we have what beyond. we have: Nemesis, Star, Light Beyond, Nemesis, light. and Light Beyond. And so I'm like, Nemesis. <laughs> is that, or is it just Light Beyond? Beyond what? <laughs> beyond. Everything, <laughs> all beyond, the things, all the lights beyond, beyond all the other things that are not lights. <laughs> running, I just now I'm imagining it's just like dead orbit people running on the tower, flipping light switches, on and off. <laughs> so light beyond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every every light that marks the abyss offers hope against the rising tide. Uh, the perk is called Pathfinder, which is one of my favorite names for a perk. Uh, increases dead orbit rep and adds the dead orbit effect on spawn, which is my favorite spawn in effect, which is like being assembled from 
cosmic dust. I love it. it. Sounds really cool too. It's not quite as garish as the Future War Cult one, but it is again like a billboard for uh, Dead Orbit. It is. It is as garish as you can make something that is gray and white and black. True. The symbol I think is blue in the middle of it, but but still. <clears throat> and then the Age to Come, uh, which is the new Monarchy one. Uh, there is strength in unity and a king of many will be the king of all. Classic New Monarchy. Uh, if you don't know why that's classic New Monarchy, go listen to the New Monarchy episode. Lace up your jackboots. Uh, the perk is called Vanquisher. Same thing, increases New Monarchy rep, adds the New Monarchy spawn on effect, which is like the fancy Christmas entry of red lights. Santa Claus wears this. Santa Claus is New Monarchy? Apparently. <clears throat> He's got the colors down. That's true. Uh, one cool thing about the age to come is that you almost always only see the new monarchy logo in 2D. Like it's the flat triangle. But on this particular exotic, uh, it's projected as a pyramid. And it sort of gives a cool three dimensional aspect to uh, that logo that you wouldn't ordinarily probably think of it in your mind that way. But it also gives a little red spike sticking off your arm. And those are the exotic bonds. Uh, so, I guess that'll do it. Body armor, boots, and bond. We covered all the bees. Bodies, bodies, boots. We did helmets. Bodies, boots, and bo- oh yeah, we did do helmets. Damn it. Brains. Uh, we've got body. Yeah, we didn't do body armor. Oops. <laughs> we've got bodies and gloves waiting us for another episode. Yes, <clears throat> I'm excited for Gamble to be here to talk about gloves and also to talk. We can't. We could never have a show where we talk about the heart of the Praxic Fire without Gamble. So. Yes, so tell me fair. Oh, we get some fun stuff to talk about next time, though. Like Void Fang vestments and how many times Zer sold them. Uh, and another missing exotic. There's some exotic gloves here that, sadly, they never got. But we'll talk about that next time. Uh, While you're reading that last, uh, or working on that last, <laughs> that bond, um, I got a message on Twitter from System52. Mm-hmm. says, X-Ray441, you should continue to do different language greetings at the beginning of the podcast. Those are great. Not not this time. Have, have him, have him suggest a language. <laughs> well, you, you said Lorwax, so you've got that. Is that a language? It is. It's, it's not, English. It's not I plain guess. English, necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Man, one day before one of the shows, we were looking through trying to find them, and some of them are just rough. I, I, don't, I probably couldn't say much more than what I've said, but we'll find something, I guess. I did like doing that. It was pretty fun. She did different accents. I don't do accents well. You know That's that. the point, though. You can <laughs> do them, it? just not well. <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. <laughs> You're doing Aussie so. one for me. No, I don't think so. <laughs> the I don't want to get hate. Of I don't get any. And then the, no. No more hate mail. I can do without. Yeah, but, but I'm an Aussie representing, so you won't get hate mail because I'm here. I'm, the, I'm your buffer for safety. Didn't you know? Anyway, that does it for exotic <laughs> warlock helmets and boots and bombs. Ha-ha, boots, ha-ha. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> it is mean. I mean, I run. I run. I you know, I run warlock. You know, twenty-five to thirty percent of the time on my characters, I run one of each. Uh, 
So I feel some of the, the pains of Warlock there, but I'm totally happy with all my Warlocks. I never, pretty much never swap off gloves. Uh, and Sherb and I were talking about this before the show, where we run completely different exotics uh, on our Warlocks. So, uh, Yeah, I, I just run Alchemist Raiment all day, every day. I've never played with all the other exotics. <laughs> and I, I always swap between Sunbreakers, Nothing Manacles, and Impossible Machines. Uh, but we'll talk about all those things uh, on the next Exotic Armor episode uh, for Warlocks. And quite possibly, you may be hearing two shows back-to-back about this. So, that's cool. All right. All right. Well, that does it. And we will, man, be talking about more exotic stuffs. It's getting to be a trend. Uh, but <laughs> We're almost done. We're looking. Yeah. yeah Got to get them all out before Rise of Iron. Got to catch them and get them all. That's right. Yeah, um, I mean, I, want, I wanted to have, like, an accounting of all these things. You know, and we're still, again, we're still pretty early on in Destiny. You know, we still got, what, seven years of exotics coming down the pike? So who knows what we're going to be using in year four, year five, year six. So this will serve as a cool little time capsule of, of the exotics we had and the memories we had about them. You know, you know, everybody's going to remember the, the reign of the Ramlocks for a long time. So, oh, God. So. <laughs> Too long. So let's preserve that. And maybe, maybe we can convince... Uh, Another warlock, a special guest, back onto the show. Hmm. I want to. I want to have yeah, my fire uh, team on for Titans. Uh, those guys are Titan exotic experts. So, <laughs> bring them on. We should get. We should get more more guests for these exotic episodes. Now that we're doubling the number, we're gonna have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, be fun to hear some perspective and stories and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Let's do it. And send us if you but, got a warlock exotic story, send it to us, and uh, we'll mash it in here somewhere. Yeah, we didn't do any stories really, so we'll. But we uh, did say we might need another Galahorn episode, so we're still accepting those. If you want to send them in, uh, and don't forget to head over to iTunes and rate and review us, however you see fit, um, and we'll be reading all those because i read them all and and you're going to review the reviews that's yeah oh yeah that's right i'm going to review your <laughs> reviews and tell you how well you did <laughs> so that'll be man we might make some enemies but i guess it wouldn't be any worse enemies than they already are if they said bad stuff so what anywho if you give that a five star review a two star review oh man i don't know we don't I want to make we'll, enemies. We just want to keep the enemies we currently have. But I also don't want to lie because I don't do that usually. Yeah. Wait. So are you talking about like talking about what they say, or are you like gonna analyze their grammar and stuff? Are you gonna? Burn? No, I don't. See, I'm no grammar Nazi. I, can, I am. I can read through. I can read through that. Yeah, that's so why you're I, not gonna I can do this. Be. I'll help out with that. <laughs> oh, <Yep>. brother. <laughs> yes. Well, until then, we are gonna cut this off and. We will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That still kills me when she said that. That was great. (laughs) Uh, More Lois (laughs) Funk.